0: Thanks for checking out the Awaken Church podcast. Awaken Church messages are brought to you by our generous givers and partners. You can learn more about the vision or give financially to support the work God is doing here at Awaken by visiting our website, awakenchurch.cc. If you can't make one of our weekly worship services, you can always watch online by going to our website and clicking on the Watch tab. And now, wherever you're joining us from, thanks for listening, and we hope this message encourages you. You've uh, walked into the middle of a, a series, Seeds, Weeds, and Trees, where um, put together a series of sermons talking about the Word of God, um, the Son of God who is Jesus, the Spirit of God that changes our lives. And Today, I want to just pick up where I left off last week um, in a teaching by Jesus in John chapter 15. Did anybody this past week um, go out and buy a new Bible? You said, you know what? Pastor said, get away from the app and get a hard print Bible. Anybody do that? All right, we got some work to do, or you already got Bibles, uh, and hopefully you've been reading them, but I, I instructed you, encouraged you, get a pen, get a highlighter, and let's work through God's word together, and uh, let's, let's learn what he has to say to us, because uh, this, this is life-changing. It isn't just like life, making it better uh, or improving. This is life-changing. These words bring us from death to life. Uh, God sending Jesus didn't just come to make our lives better. He came to give us life. In other words, without Jesus, we're dead in our sin. But in Jesus, we're alive. Amen? John chapter 15, Jesus teaches his disciples. It's, uh, this has long been known as probably one of the most uh, illustrative um, and used patches, passages on discipleship that exists. And many a sermons, many a messages, many of small groups... Surrounding this passage, but I, I want to read it to you in its entirety, John chapter fifteen, uh, because I, I believe that if we can grasp what God's trying to say to us in these words and in this teaching, it'll change us. It'll change us as a church. It'll help some of you see what your role is in church. What what your why you're even here. Why do you need other people around you, and um, what your responsibility is if if you're. You go, man, I'm I'm in Christ, and I feel like I'm I'm growing in my walk with Christ, and I feel like spiritually I'm strong. What's your role, right? Because it's not just about us individually. And Jesus looks at his 12 disciples in this passage in John chapter 15, and this is what he says. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to break it down, okay? He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. See, already you're clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Jesus is looking at his disciples saying, you guys have already been purified by the words that I've taught you. You've already been changed by what I've taught you. You abide in me, verse 4, and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And those branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Now, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, so abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full, or your joy may be complete. Jesus uses a, a word picture, not unlike many of us have used before, with our own children, to try to explain some type of truth. And I thought, you know what, instead of just teaching on it, why don't I bring in something that can actually uh, give us an illustration? I reached out to Jonathan Hazel. Jonathan, um, incredible guy. He's over, he's our, our worship experience director here at the church. He puts all these services together, makes sure stuff flows, makes sure the lights are on, the songs sound good, and that I preach something that's uh, halfway decent to you guys. Right? Like he's responsible for all of it. So if you ever come and you're like, man, I didn't like church today, you can just email Hazel at awakenchurch.cc, all right? Uh, but I reached out to him and I said, hey, man, I need, I need like a grapevine. I'm talking to John 15, like I need a branch with, you know, some vines and some fruit. And he said, you're never going to believe this. This new house that he and, he and Kelsey, his wife just bought, he said, I got grapevines all over my backyard. And I'm like, this is great. This is amazing. God, you did this. You ordained this. And then he tells me they're all dead. So... <laughs> This is not a real grapevine, but he, he is very innovative and he went to Hobby Lobby. Praise God. Amen. So went to a Christian craft store and uh, what you see before me is John chapter 15. Now, just to give you a breakdown, and here's a picture I want to show you of how a grapevine works. On the left, to your left, there's what looks like a, basically a, a tree stump, right? Or the, the main uh, stem of a tree that's got bark on it. That's the vine. Contrary to what many of us think about when we think about vines, uh, a grape a vine is actually the hard tree, right? That's where nutrition comes up from the ground. That's the water source. All the nutrients come through the vine and then out to branches, which you'll see horizontally across the top. And then the branches bear fruit. So imagine, if you will, this is a branch, grapes, or fruit. This is what Jesus is talking about. Jesus says the branch's job is to stay connected to the vine, and if the branch is connected to the vine, the fruit will come. That's a simple truth, right? You're like, yeah, we get that, we understand that. But the way Jesus teaches it is, is actually really different. And, and I, think, I think understanding what he's saying will, will help us again see our role as the church because the way he lays this out for his disciples is game changing, right? If you got a, a highlighter or you got a pen right now, I want you to just underline or highlight I am the true vine. I am the true vine. Now, I am is a huge statement, right? Like Jesus declares his divinity right here from the beginning. He essentially says, I'm God. In the Old Testament, when uh, God tells Moses, some of you know this story. Um, if you send the Prince of Egypt, how many of y'all seen the Prince of Egypt? It's Disney's version of Jesus, okay? Uh, that God tells Moses, Moses, I want you to go set my people free. And Moses, you know, he had this speech issue. He was nervous about talking in front of people, much less the most powerful man in the land. It'd be like you going to the president. God Moses. God says, Moses, go, to let, go set him free. And Moses looks back at God and says, well, who do I say sent me? Like on what authority do I come to the Pharaoh and declare you let people free from slavery? And God looks at Moses and says, tell him I am sent you. And Moses is like, I am. That don't even make sense. Like think about it. Think about if you went to the White House and you demanded some kind of change, and the president says, On what basis are you here? Who sent you? And you said, I am. Makes no sense. Like, I need a name, right? Uh, Jesus in the New Testament makes several I am statements, declaring himself God. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the good shepherd. And here he says, I am the true vine. In other words, Jesus is going, Look, I am God. I am divinity. That changes everything when we start talking about the Bible. Like the Bible on your bookshelf or on your nightstand or that maybe you only carry to church or that you go to the back whenever you're having a hard time and you're like, uh, depression. There's the verse I name and I need. If we, if we really looked at this book as divine words from God, it changes everything. When, when Jesus says, do something. We're not like, ah, that's a good suggestion. Let me pray about that. No, that, that's God saying, do it. It's a command. When we read a promise out of this book, like we just sang about, it's, it's not some good idea or like a fortune cookie. It's a promise from God, the creator of the whole universe who's sovereign and over all things. It means no matter what we navigate through in this life, when we face difficulty, we can look at God's word and go, he is for us and he is good. Y'all, that's good news, right? Like, Jesus says, I am the true vine. If there's a true vine, there's some fake vines, right? There's some phony vines that are out there. Now, just to give you an idea of what Jesus is talking about, in the first century, uh, vineyards were everywhere. I don't even know if we have a vineyard in Charleston County, do we? Or Dorchester County? Maybe we do somewhere. We're not really vineyard country around here, okay? Okay. That's why all my teenagers right now are like, what is he talking about, man? He's talking about vineyards. I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't see grapes anywhere. Uh, it's it's like, we, we don't have a whole lot of vineyards. But in the first century in Israel, you would look out on these fields and, and there's just vines everywhere, rows and rows and rows and rows and grapes everywhere. Because in, in that culture, the, the cultivating and the harvesting of grapes and the crushing of grapes led to the fermenting of wine. big business. Big celebration, right? Like, and, and when Jesus says, I am the true vine, he's getting the attention of his disciples and he's telling them, look, I am the only source of life and connection with the Father. Throughout the whole Old Testament, God looked at his people and he identified his people as a vineyard. And the way the law was set up in the first century, follow with me now, the Old Testament law was set up in such a way to cultivate and harvest, and let the people of God become fruitful representations of who he was. But the issue was religion had infiltrated, the, infiltrated their day, and religion was distorting the law, making it, how good are you? And do you meet the standard? And are you clean enough? And are you good enough? And so the Pharisees were judging the people and misusing the law. That's why Jesus says, look, it's no longer about the law and the legalities and the religion of your day. I'm the vine. Connect to me. Just just connect to me. You don't need to connect to that system. That's why today, y'all, can I just help you? with some, Well, I'm so glad that you're here, and I pray that you plant your life in the house of God. Awaken church is not the vine that you need. Jesus is the vine that you need. We're just a whole bunch of branches here. We're a vineyard that's saying, get connected to the vine. If you've mistaken the church as your source of nutrition and life and hope and purpose then it's been misplaced because that belongs with Jesus alone. Jesus is the true vine. Now, there's some false vines in our lives. There's some fake stuff that we can get some um, nutrients from and that we can even maybe feel like we're producing fruit from. In other words, you can, you can find a vine called a relationship that gives you pur- some purpose and fulfillment, maybe even some satisfaction. You can find a vine called a career where you feel like you're successful, right? And you, and you feel like you have purpose, and you're making money, and you can climb the corporate ladder. You can have a vine called addiction that feeds this dopamine fix that you need in your life. Eventually that's gonna run dry as well. There's all these different vines that you can connect to, but Jesus says, if you want truth and you want life and you want purpose and you want hope and you want salvation and you want joy, I am the true vine. It doesn't come any other way. I want you to keep that visual of a branch connected to a vine in your mind. And then he goes a step further And he says, my father is the vine dresser. My father is the vine dresser. When Jesus says like my father, you've probably heard of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One of the things that sets us apart in the Christian faith is we believe in the Trinity, the role of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus here looks at his disciples and says, my dad's the one taking care of the vineyard. My, my, my father's the one that's cultivating the vineyard. It's not the church. It's not the Pharisees. It's not the law. It's God doing the work. And this is the work that he does. Every branch that is, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. In other words, Jesus says God is the one that's taking care of the vineyard is called a vintner, right? A vintner is someone who's responsible to plant and cultivate and harvest grapes. And Jesus says, look, God's in the business of doing that. And, and he's the one that's in the business of looking out and saying, what branches are healthy? What branches are bearing fruit? What branches aren't bearing any fruit at all? In other words, he looks, his eyes scan the earth. He looks across the church and says, hey, who in the church or who amongst my people are actually bearing fruit with their lives, right? Like, What's overflowing out of our lives that's making our communities and our cities and other people's lives better? Is it glorifying to God? Says he's working in everybody's life. The branches that, that don't bear fruit, he pulls off and he takes away. The branches that are bearing fruit, he prunes back. That's why you look, maybe you're a Christian here today and you go, I have a relationship with Jesus, but life has been hard and it hasn't been because of your sin necessarily. Can I just tell you, God doesn't just allow some things. God does some things. Pruning is an active process. And maybe, maybe God's cut some things out of your life that at the time don't feel or look good. Can I just tell you, a pruned back plant does not look good? You're like, oh, that looks messed up. But it's with the purpose to bear more fruit. In other words, maybe you're here and you had a relationship that you found a lot of satisfaction from and a lot of joy from, and God allowed it to be cut out of your life. And maybe he knew, hey, if, if you keep tracking that relationship one day, what actually it's not, if it's not leading you closer to Jesus, he's going to cut it out of your life so that you can bear more fruit for his kingdom. He's just not going to allow it. Or maybe you had a job and and you're making good income and, and you were rising in the ranks of success and so much so that maybe you found your purpose and identity more in that job than in your relationship with Jesus. And then Boeing says, you're no longer going to get that contract anymore. You're like, God, why would you allow that to happen? Maybe God made that happen to prune you back and help you see that dependence comes from him, not on the rise or a paycheck within a corporation. See, God can prune things and does prune things out of our lives so that we can bear more fruit for his name. And the part about a branch being torn off and tied up and thrown into a fire, this is not popular preaching, but I have to say it. We can't sit in this room and celebrate the reality of heaven and and ignore the reality of hell. The implications right here are huge for us, not just in the room, but outside of the room. Because Jesus says, look, if you're in me, that's where you have life, that's where you have purpose, that's relationship with God, fruit will come. If you are not in me, if you are disconnected from the vine, The end result is eternal fire. That's a place called hell, and it's a real place. You say, why does that matter to us? Well, here's why it matters. We should look in this room and outside this room and go, man, are the people in my life intimately connected with Jesus? Are they connected to Jesus? Because disconnection from Jesus equals eternity away from him. And can I take it a step further for us? While we're here on earth, I don't believe the joy And the blessing and the promise of heaven has to wait until we get there. I believe we see it here on earth. We get to see the blessings of heaven here on earth. We get to see joy unthinkable here on earth. The times that we see miracles here on earth, it is heaven come down. The time we see provision in a way that only God can do, it is heaven come down. And I also wanna say that life apart from Jesus, hell doesn't wait till eternity. Man, hell on earth is a reality. And you can see it on people, man, you can see people wear their sin and wither away. You see people in life and you go, man, they, life hadn't been good to them, man. God, they look weathered. They look beat up. Don't be elbowing anybody right now. Life wears on you, tears on you. Apart from Jesus, there is no hope. I mean, he says it so clearly. Like He doesn't say, um, uh, if you remain in me, you'll bear fruit. Apart from me, you'll bear a little. He says, apart from me, you can do Nothing, and i found that without Jesus, nothing of substance lasts. You can have a great church, but if Jesus ain't in it, the church ain't gonna last. You can have a great ministry or nonprofit, but if Jesus ain't in it, it ain't gonna last. You can go on mission trips galore. You can start all kinds of mission organizations, but it's not centered on Jesus. It will not last. That's why the church is the hope of the world. We get to seed, plant seeds of hope in Jesus' name, and that's why the church is just so valuable. We are a vineyard. You realize that, right? We're not a vine, but we're a whole bunch of branches. And we're called to bear fruit. That's the role of the church. Jesus says, look, God's the one doing the work, God's the one doing the pruning. And, and good news for us is this: we don't have to work so hard to bear fruit. Like, this is gonna be a relief for some of you. Some of you are wandering through life and you're like, man, I need to, I need to be more joyful. God, make me more joyful or I need to give more. So God, give me a bigger paycheck so I can give more to people or God, I wanna be nicer or I don't wanna be so angry or I don't wanna be unforgiving or I don't... And, And you work, you try to force the fruit that can only come from connection to the vine. You follow me? And so what happens is you work so hard, you're trying so hard to be a better person or so hard to make God like you or so hard to make Jesus love you. And what Jesus says is, look, don't focus so much on the fruit The command is just stay connected to the vine. And if you stay connected in time, the fruit will come. Could you imagine for a minute, like I'm going to take this off. Can we just, can you imagine for a minute this, this like branch? Imagine there's like a hard branch right here. If it was like, oh, I need grapes so bad. It'll never come if it's not connected to the vine. But when it's connected to the vine, guess what? The grapes come. That's why when, when I see a new believer, somebody that's just now beginning a relationship with Jesus, someone that literally comes out of the baptismal pool dripping, what's the command? Man, get in God's word. Get connected to Jesus. Don't focus so hard on being a missionary to your workplace or serving on a Sunday or how much you tithe or what songs you sing. Just get in God's word. Get connected to Jesus. Because as you stay connected to Jesus over time, guess what? You'll start producing fruit. Because there's different roles to the vineyard. Jesus is the vine, you're the branch, the elements, the sun, the water, everything else comes from a source that you don't have. Don't focus so much on the fruit that you're producing. Focus on connection to the vine. Get connected to Jesus. You go, what does that look like? Man, it means prayer. God pray every day. If you're not praying, you go, I don't know how to pray, just talk to God. Talk to him like, like your friend sitting across the table. Talk to them like your your family member on a phone call. Just have a conversation. Stay connected to Jesus. Get in God's word. On our app, you can go to our app right now, our church app, and get on a reading plan. Start reading God's word, putting it into your life. Man, those words are life-changing. Stay connected to Jesus. Get connected to a group. If you're not in a small group with relationships to help you grow in Jesus, get connected to a group. All these are ways to stay connected to the vine. They're not the vine in and of themselves, but they get you connected to the vine. Stop focusing so much on what you can do for God and focus more on who you can be with God. Stay connected to Jesus. Now, while pretty much all of us would say, yeah, this is the goal, right? This is the goal to have our lives solid and healthy and thriving and producing fruit this is what we would want this is what Jesus calls us to be the reality is life feels like this a lot of times right like like, like a lot of times and I'm talking I'm talking to Christians right now if you're here and you've not given your life to Jesus that's the first step This is an announcement maybe that you need to hear. Christians aren't perfect. Christians still sin and Christians uh, have difficulty in life sometimes. Amen. If there's a Christian that can relate to that, just say amen. Amen. That's life. We don't have it all together. And a lot of times life feels like this. We're a branch that's still connected into Jesus, but maybe we don't feel like we're producing fruit and maybe we're not producing fruit at all. There's a lot of things that'll make a, a branch look like that. Drought seasons of drought can make a branch not produce fruit, that's beyond our control. I think about COVID the break from church, the disconnect from people, the distance from small groups, the break in normal. It brought a drought about for some people, and you're sitting here going. I don't know if I'll ever bear fruit again. I don't know if I'll ever want, if i ever want to go to a small group or want to serve on a team or want to give my life away. It, it threw us into a season of self-preservation. That's what COVID did, right? Because anytime you want to see a plant that's, that's unhealthy, the first thing that it does is it starts to withhold life, withhold nutrition, look out for itself. That's why if you were to go through a vineyard and you see a bunch of branches without grapes, you would say there's something wrong with that vine. Are there something wrong with those branches because they're not bearing fruit? Fruit is nothing more than excess life. When we bear fruit, it's an overflow of help that's in us, right? Like you, you think about a couple that reproduces and produces a child. It's just life reproduced. It's excess life given away. That's why if you look at a vineyard and you see branches that aren't producing fruit, you go, there must be something wrong with that branch. doesn't mean it's... Disconnected from the vine, but maybe it's going through a difficult time. Like maybe that branch or person is going through a season of depression or grief or loss. We go through grief, you go through loss, you go through struggle, depression, anxiety. It's easy to to pull back, to retract. Why? Just trying to self preserve, trying to keep all the nutrition that you can. You're just trying to make it, trying to hold on. It's a season of drought. Or it could be sin. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've got a sin in your life that's persistent, right? And it's it's robbing you of the ability to bear fruit because God's not going to bless when there's sin in the house, right? These things can manifest themselves in our lives. And what Jesus says is, you know, if if there's a branch in me that is not bearing fruit, the Father takes it away. But here's what here's the truth I want to share with you. I was at a retreat back in January with people all over the country. We were in Dallas, and I was talking with this pastor who pastors a church in Southern California. And his church, they have multiple campuses. Uh, think Somerville campus, right? They have multiple campuses, and one of his campuses actually meets at a vineyard. It meets in this like, house that's on a vineyard. And the guy that runs that particular campus is a vintner. In other words, he's the one that, that harvests and cultivates this vineyard. And this pastor was talking about this passage. And one of the things he said was, it was profound to me. Because he was talking about what the vintner does when he sees branches that aren't bearing fruit. Like, what is the process to either tear that away? Because we were talking about, man, that's harsh. Like, you know, because Jesus says there's a branch in me not bearing fruit. The father literally takes it away, binds it up, burns it. It's like, gah! I don't know about y'all, but I've had some seasons where I look like this. Amen? Praise Jesus for grace. I didn't get ripped off and burned. He said the vintner would do this. He'll walk through the fields, walk the rows of these grapes. And when he sees a branch that's, that's struggling, that's having a hard time, that's not producing fruit, that's been hurt by the elements, that somehow is exhibiting some symptom of unhealth, that he'll take that particular branch and he'll find the healthy one. And he'll take some kind of string or some kind of tape. And what he legitimately does will take the string and tie the unhealthy branch to the healthy one. And in the process, what it does is it allows that branch that is unhealthy to actually take nutrition from the one that is healthy. And so by binding what is broken to that which is healthy, it nurtures it back to health. It's a profound reality when you think about the fact that we're in this life and in the church... What God is not doing is walking through the church going, you had a bad week, you're out. You had a bad week, you're out. That's not what God's doing, but what he is doing through the church is going, hey, here's a vineyard, and maybe you're navigating through a season where you're not bearing fruit. It doesn't mean the end is near for you. It just means you need to bind your life to somebody that's healthy. And that's the role of the church. We want to be able to do that for you. And those of you that are experiencing apex health in your life, you're like, man, life is good. I got a wife or I got a child or job is good. Like I'm in a season of flourishing. Guess what? Your responsibility is to be so strong that those that are struggling can be connected up to you. That's the church. It reminds me of Jesus in Luke chapter four. In Luke chapter four, Jesus goes to the synagogue and they give him the Old Testament scrolls. Now Jesus had the, y'all, he is the word. He had the Old Testament memorized. He essentially wrote it. And of all the scriptures that Jesus could go to in that moment, of anything that he could have turned to, he takes the Old Testament scrolls, opens up to Isaiah 61. And Isaiah 61 is a prophecy about Jesus. And it reads like this. The Spirit of God is upon me. It has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor and to bind up the brokenhearted. Jesus said that is his mission. And when he looks at his disciples here and he's talking about fruits and vines and branches, he's going, look, your job as the church, your job as disciples is to bind up those that are broken, support those that are struggling so that we all can bear fruit together. That's the role of the church. If you're navigating through life, trying to do it on your own, you go, man, it's just about me and a personal relationship with Jesus. Listen, that's nowhere taught in the Bible. And there's gonna be seasons where you will struggle and you won't bear fruit. And there's elements coming against you. You need other people around you. That is why we do this together. In this room today and watching online, there's, there's really two groups of people. And I know we're against labels and we're against sides and we're against all, but there's two groups of people here today. You're either bearing fruit or you're not. When people look at your life, you're either overflowing with Jesus and the spirit of God. You have love and joy and peace and patience. And kindness and goodness and gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, those are characteristics of your life or not. And if you're here and you would say, man, I cannot identify with any of those things and I don't see those flowing out of my life. Can I just invite you today to connect your life to the vine, which is Jesus? You say, I've never done that before. Well, today you can start, you can give your life to him. It's as simple as this. You say, God save me. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he was placed in a tomb. And three days later, he rose. And because he rose to life, so can I. It's surrendering your life to Jesus. That's step one. And if you're here and you say, I made that decision a long time ago, but there's no fruit in my life. Listen, you are a wounded branch today and you need to bind your life to some people who can help you bear fruit. It's the value of groups. It's the value of teams. It's the value of being connected in this vineyard that we call church. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I want to wrap up our time together. In just a moment, you're going to be encouraged to take some next steps and respond as God might be leading you today. But this is what I want to ask you to do in this moment. And then even when you leave, really consider the question, are you you connected to the vine? The command is to stay connected. The fruit will come, the fruit will come. And if you're here today and you need to get connected, let us as a vineyard, the church, do our job to make that happen. Father, right now I pray that this word, as it's been delivered, has and will accomplish the work that you attend for it to. You've promised in your word that it will. So God, for any who are here in this moment, who aren't experiencing an overflow a fruit in their lives that may be in a drought season or may be unhealthy in their relationship with you. God, I pray today they would bind themselves to those who are healthy. They would reach out so that we can connect them, nurse them back to health, God, and see the overflow that you desire for your vineyard called the church. And God, I pray that Awaken would be known for overflow, that when people think about our church, they will think about the kindness and the generosity and the gratitude and the honor and the love that we show our city and this community. And God, I pray that as we do that, your name would be glorified, your name would be lifted high. And it's in that name, the name above all names that I pray here today. And the people of God said, amen.